Hello and welcome to a special Christmas edition of Seasons Eatings. I want to wish you and your family a healthy, safe, and prosperous Christmas and Happy New Year. I want to thank everyone for joining me through this journey of exploring the history of our favorite Christmas foods. My research has taken me all over the globe, from searching for the spices of Christmas in the West Indies, to reading a letter sent from an 11th century Pope, to allow butter for the holiday stolen, to walking with the Romans drinking hot wine to keep warm in the wintertime, and finally back to the United Kingdom to find many of our holiday traditions, many unchanged to this day. My family's ancestry is Irish and English, and the Irish have a rich tradition with the history of Newfoundland. It's Canada's easternmost province and the island that I was born and raised in. I stayed there till I was about 16. Ireland's culture, tenacity, and cuisine can be found throughout the province, and I wanted to share some of our Christmas food traditions on this, the merriest of days. So come and join me at the table as we explore the history of an Irish Newfoundland Christmas. The Irish migrations to Newfoundland and the associated provisions trade represent the oldest and most enduring connections between Ireland and Canada. Beginning around 1675, ships from the English West Country called into ports along Ireland's south coast to collect food and servants for the transatlantic fishery. Probably the principal motivation for migration was economic distress in the homeland. The population almost doubled between 1785 and 1835 the main period of emigration. Land scarcity, unemployment, underemployment, and the promise of higher wages attracted young Irishmen to the fishery. Most migrants were between 18 to 25 years old. Some were the surplus sons of small but viable farmers unwilling to subdivide their holdings. Others were laborers on large and middle-sized farms. A substantial minority were artisans or apprentices, mostly from the towns and ports. Irrespective of economic or social origins, almost all Irish move primarily to better their economic lot. It's early Christmas morning When Santa rolls out of bed He rubs his tired eyes And lifts his weary head he knows the day before him from so many times before It's what he loves the most and will do forevermore Oh, but no one's ever thought to ask what's in his heart and if That's been burning the midnight oil He greets all the busy helpers In the midst of their toil He looks into the progress And it seems as every year They'll be cutting it close 
close, but that's just how it goes Of that he has no fear Oh, but no one's ever thought To ask what's in his heart And if even Santa Claus has hopes Christmas is a time for toasting and feasting with family and friends. Many of the time-honored food and drink traditions popular on these shores today arrive from England, Ireland, and Mediterranean Europe with the first waves of immigrants who came here to fish for cod. Other seasonal dishes and drinks were born of the islanders' resourcefulness to get through the winter months using preserved ingredients such as salted meat and fish and berry jams and vegetables kept fresh in turf-roofed root cellars. The sweetness and spice of the season, not to mention the warming rum, comes via traditional trade routes from the Caribbean. Here are some of the most popular things people eat and drink on the island to celebrate the holiday season. It's not uncommon for Newfoundlanders to partake in a tipple or two of a dark rum called screech. Screech is a type of rum popular in Newfoundland and Labrador, it was originally a Demerara rum, a type of rum made in Guyana in South America, that was imported to Newfoundland as part of the triangular trade that sent salted codfish down to the British West Indies to help feed the slaves in the Caribbean and Americas. The name Screech is a bit of a mystery, though. The term itself comes from Scree in Scottish dialect. According to local legend, the name came from an American serviceman, the story goes that the soldier was at a bar and asked for a shot of rum. Upon consumption, he howled at the flavor's strong bite. A superior officer asked what the noise was, to which a local Newfoundlander responded, The screech! Tis the rum, me son! However, this is almost certainly mere fabrication. Some assert that screech was in a general term for rum used around Newfoundland. Some might enter a bar and ask, What's the screech? In either case, the actual etymology of screech is still unconfirmed. The Dictionary of Newfoundland English is only willing to go back as far as 1957 for its usage in reference to rum, which was when the Newfoundland and Labrador Liquor Corporation started bottling it with the name. 
Father Christmas has likely had his fill of rum by the time his sleigh is zipping east over the North Atlantic. Thankfully, islanders mix things up by leaving out their cookies, usually soft-baked molasses and ginger ones, with a glass of juice made with purity syrup. As a kid, I can remember mixing a couple ounces of purity syrup and diluting it with water and leaving it on the table for Santa next to a couple of cookies, of course. Sometimes molasses, sometimes jam jams, which were a sandwich cookie filled with a jam in the middle. Let's find out how Santa uses those cookies as we hear from Newfoundland's The Swinging Bells with Santa Problems. We all know that Santa's coming to town Spreading that Christmas joy around He's not just a fella in a fancy red suit With eyes all twinkling, looking so cute He gets around the world in just one night Leaves your presents, keeps out of sight It's not easy being Santa and we'll tell you why That old Santa Claus needs to think on the fly Even Santa's got problems, oh yeah Even Santa's got problems, oh yeah Even Santa's got problems, oh yeah But he solves them on Christmas Eve Imagine that Santa arrives at your house Everyone's sleeping quiet as a mouse As Santa comes sneaking through your front door He trips on your dog lying there on the floor Santa looks at the dog, the dog glares back Santa reaches right on into his pack Both jumping up and down, all tail and paws So he tosses him a snack cake by Mrs. Claus Even Santa's got problems, oh yeah Even Santa's got problems, oh yeah Even Santa's got problems, oh yeah But he solves them on Christmas Eve Purity Factories Limited began creating quality food products in 1924. That was the year that three St. John's businessmen, C.C. Pratt, A.E. Hickman, and W.R. Gooby, purchased a local confectionery and soft drink company and began production of what would become instant classics. 
peppermint knobs, candy kisses, and flavored syrups. Using traditional recipes and only the finest quality ingredients, Purity became the sole producer of hard bread, a staple of the local diet which was used by fishermen as a bread substitute in their long journeys out to sea. It is also the main ingredient in the traditional dish known as fish and brews. Being an island, Newfoundlanders have heavily relied on the sea for their livelihood. From generations upon generation of Irish, cod has been a mainstay of the Newfoundland diet. While it's prepared many different ways, there's a traditional Newfoundland dish called fish and brews made from salted cod. Fish and brews is a traditional Newfoundland meal consisting of cod and hard bread or hard tack. With the abundance of cod around the coast of Newfoundland, it became synonymous with many Newfoundland households as a delicacy to be served as a main meal. The recipe may vary from community to community, or even household to household, but the primary ingredients are always the same. The typical recipe calls for salt fish that is soaked in water overnight to reduce the salt content, and the hard bread is also soaked in water overnight. The next day, the fish and hard bread are boiled separately until tender, and then both are served together. The traditional meal is served with scrunchins, salted pork fat, which has been cut into small pieces and fried. Both the rendered fat and the liquid fat are then drizzled over the fish and brews. Fisherman's brews is the same as fish and brews, but the fish and bread are chopped while hot and mixed together with the scrunchins, and often fresh cod is used instead of salt cod. Drawn butter is sometimes used instead of scrunchions. Drawn butter, in this instance, is a mixture of melted butter and chopped onions that is thickened by flour in a saucepan, then served hot over the fish and hard bread. Hard bread is simply made with flour, water, and salt. It is inexpensive and long-lasting. It's basically used for substance in the absence of perishable foods, commonly used during long sea voyages, migrations, or military campaigns. The meal was originally developed by sailors who were often at sea for weeks and even months, where few fresh ingredients were able to withstand such lengthy trips. Therefore, long-lasting foods were a necessity and fish and brews became the crew's favorite. The idea that sailors called the hardtack or sea biscuit brews because of their practice of bruising or breaking up the bread into bite-sized pieces is likely part of a contemporary legend. And it's been argued more convincingly that the word bruce dates back to Middle English, originally referred to bread soaked in fat or drippings, and it's cognate with brose. Brose is a type of uncooked porridge in which the porridge is mixed with water or stock and left to stand for a short time. Traditionally, it's carried by shepherds as a meal while tending their sheep. <laughs> Giant 
Boys, I kept my promise, this skipper he did say. We passed by Port Amherst Light on that cold Christmas day. Newfoundland are likely the bake year-round, but peak cake and cookie season is Christmas. When they wrestle up favorites like snowballs or dark and light fruitcakes. Snowballs have a chocolatey, fudgy center and they're rolled in shredded coconut. They're a delicious no-bake treat that's eagerly anticipated the rest of the year. I can remember my mother making batches of snowballs and placing them in a metal tin and then would put in the freezer. The amount of sugar in the recipe prevented the snowballs from freezing solid. So every once in a while, I would open up the tin, sneak out a snowball, and carefully rearrange them so it looked like nothing was disturbed. It's not uncommon to make many batches of snowballs, as they always go quickly over the holidays. Another popular dessert for the holidays is figgy duff. Figgy duff is a traditional bag pudding from the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, most commonly served as part of Jig's dinner. It's sometimes also called raisin duff. The word figgy is an old Cornish term for raisin, perhaps indicating the origin of the settlers who brought this dish to the area. This dark fruit cake is chock full of dark rum doused dried fruits and spices and resembles the traditional British Christmas cake. It gets its rich color from brown sugar and molasses and improves with age. Light fruit cake is made with light syrup or white sugar and predominantly golden or yellow fruits. Adding a splash of light rum is optional. It's best enjoyed with a cup of tea or a hot rum toddy by the wood stove. And finally, we're going to hear from this great Newfoundland band, which combines the traditional Newfoundland music with a little bit of a modern twist. This is The Once with Cuz It's Christmas.
of sight Snow's a surprise at the end of the night Take me away Wake up together and sleep half the day Hold on The sky falls down Take my hand Turn me around There's time left to try and there's time left to sing But nobody knows what tomorrow will bring There's more left to life than what's passing us by Some luck, baby, that's you and me Cards on string Hung on the window up above the sink Also in Newfoundland, there's the established tradition of 12th cake and 12th bun on Old Christmas Day, January 7th. This day is liturgically the Feast of the Epiphany and signals the beginning of the third part of the Christmas season, that being Advent, Christmas proper, and Epiphany. The relatively recent name of Old Christmas stems from the 1752 reorganization of the calendar when 12 days were dropped. The following year, purists said that the real Christmas Day was not on December 25th, but January 6th, 365 days after the previous Christmas. The knowledge of the old style has led some Newfoundlanders to name Old, Old Christmas Day, January 18th, as the real end of the season. Old Christmas Day meant you hung up your stocking, 
and had a feast again for supper. The celebration is meant to send off the Christmas season the same way it came in. These traditions are cited in the Dictionary of Newfoundland English, the stories that go on the last night we'd made a pan of sweet buns, 12 buns, and give them to the people, and every house we'd go to we'd give them a bun for 12th night. It said that the cake was baked as part of refreshments offered to the clergy who would visit homes to bless each house in the parish. And if you like the music on today's episode, I suggest you go check them out. The Swinging Bells is a great family-friendly group, and they have lots of great songs. You can find them on theswingingbells.ca, and The Once can be found on theonce.ca. All links to their music can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining me as we explore the unique traditions of my home province. Many Newfoundlanders are spread across the globe because of various circumstances. Be it a new job, a new partner, or just wanting to explore, it's said that you can take the man out of Newfoundland, but you can't take Newfoundland out of the man. I think that's one of the reasons our Christmas traditions mean so much to us. It reminds us of our home province and a simpler time with friends and family. Thanks again for listening to this special edition of Seasons Eatings. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All music used in this episode was given permission by the original owners or used under the Creative Commons license.